0: How are you guys doing this morning? Good. I'm glad to hear it. We're going to be spending some time together going through the book of 2 Peter, just the first chapter, first 11 verses. We're going to have communion together. We're going to spend some time talking about the Pathways journey uh, and and really just seeing what what God would have for us. we, We have this video. We've been asking these questions during the Pathways Belong series, what did you surrender? What did you pursue? And some of us were like, oh, hey, this is my first Sunday. I, I'm, I'm, I'm missing out. No, you're not. No, you're not. Because this, this question is really, it's not just a Pathways question in terms of some series, some finite amount of time. It's a life question. What does the last 42 days of your relationship with God look like? The last 42 days, where did you experience intimacy with God? Or what did you pursue? Where did you find community? What have you been investing in? What is it that, that your life is speaking of and proclaiming as, as salvation? Hey, this is where I find hope. This is where I find truth. This is what meaning and, and purpose, and this is where I have value. What are the answers to those questions? And if you, as you, if you didn't know, you walked into a church this morning. So, so the answer to that question for us What we believe is is we're seeking Jesus. We're not just seeking a a pattern. We're not seeking a lifestyle. We're not seeking to be better people. This isn't the self-help section of the library, but this is where we go to God's word and we diagnose what our problem is, what our issue is, and and, and we turn to him for answers. You know, as we've gone over this, this last 42 days, for those of you that did participate in Pathways Belong, We've had these people that have, that have spoken words to us. Words of authenticity, words of life, words of truth. 42 people who, who said, All right, I'm going I'm to open up and show you a little bit of my life of faith, a little bit of my journey. People like, like Lori who said, my hope is that my E3 family would explore new ministries, new places to serve for the first time. We should recognize that God has given each of us many gifts, and that it is our job to find where he has called us to use those gifts for the current season. All right, that pretty much says it all right there. Like, Amen. This is, this is a core truth. This is, this is one of those things that I've been kind of wrestling with during my Pathways journey as these people have spoken into my life. Or people like Lainey who, who said, you know, she just came to this realization that God is too big to fit into her ideas of Him. What a powerful truth. Or even within the context of my own growth group just two weeks ago, just sitting there and as Emil was sharing his heart, he just, he just made this statement, you know, control over what goes on in your life is an illusion. You don't have control. Are you living a mirage? <laughs> And these words that just kind of echo into my very spirit, they get lodged in my mind, they, they start affecting my heart, and I start realizing that, man, I, I, have some, I have some more work to do. And one of the big revelations for me during this, this last 42 days, a mere six weeks where God has shown up in our lives, has been just this statement that, that self-examination is a community project. Self-examination is a community project. We have to have people that we're willing to, to sit in a group with and have conversation with and, and be able to say, hey, I, I bet you have a perspective about who I am. <laughs> maybe it's just one or two or maybe it's just three people that we have that kind of, that kind of intimacy with where we, we give them license to say, you tell me who I am because I'm just going to listen right now. You tell me what kind of a follower of Christ I am. You tell me what, what, kind of a, what kind of a dad I am. You tell me what kind of a husband or a wife I am because I want to listen. I want to know what, what you think about me. I, wanna, I, I need you to reflect back to me, as Pastor Eric shared a few weeks ago in community. I need you to be a mirror in my life. I need you to show me who I am. Self-examination is a, is a community project. And I don't know about you, but I know one of my biggest fears in regards to that is, is, that I'm a little bit afraid about what you think about me. I'm a little bit of a, I'm a little bit afraid of how you see me. It's so much easier for me just to kind of stay in my world where I just go, "Hey, I'm Pastor Dan. Hey, how you doing? How, how was your week? Oh, good. I'm glad. How was my week? Oh, my, my week was great. You know, God's in control, right? God's faithful. Yeah, that's true." Is that always how I feel? <laughs> Is that always really what's going on in my mind? Or, or as we get into this self-examination and, and community interaction and, and kind of wrestling with the brokenness of relationship, we come across those times where I, we have those those imaginary conversations with ourselves. You know, no. we You never you never done that, right? No, yeah, liar. Okay, <clears throat> so <clears throat> oh, sorry. <clears throat> um, I know she's. I know Rebecca's joking. She's very authentic. Very honest. But we have those imaginary conversations, right, where we, before we even talk to the person, you know, like, all right, I'm going to tell them that they're a really big jerk, and then this is how they're going to act. And we start role-playing. We start playing through those scenarios. Well, they might say this. They might say... Oh, I know. I'm such a big jerk. Thank you for telling me. Let's hug and go grab a latte, you know. And, and then there, and then your BFFs, you know, on Facebook, and, and you know, and you're and you're just you you're you're right there, and, and the world is all rosy. And then we and then we play around the other side where it's like, okay, I'm going to tell them they're they're a jerk. I got am a Christian, so I got to tell that in a loving way. How do I tell that in a loving way? Okay, um, you're 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 um, a jerk most of the time. Okay, not all the time. Just some, most of, most of the time, you're a jerk, but God still loves you, and and I love you too, and then and then we kind of get their response, and we get in in, in their mind and in, in our mind, and we we've done this for hours, right? I mean, we just we go back and forth. It creates worry, it creates anxiety, and, and we live in this fantasy world, you know, and we and we start we start experiencing the very real things, just as silly as. Um, you know people who, who play fantasy football and and create these teams and I'm sorry I'm not I'm not trying to pick on anybody I mean spend hours you know and they could memorize every stat of every player and they've picked them out but then they have a hard time memorizing a bible verses it's just it's just a reality oh wait is that too is that too authentic I'm sorry I love you I really do I mean but but these are the things we experience right We invest and we value in this journey of belonging, in this this goal of being part of something. We have to sit back and we have to look at the the last 42 days, the last six weeks, the last six months and say, where do I belong? And I just want you to know that if you're here today, then you belong. If If you are here and you are seeking, then guess what? You are in the right place. Seek and you will find. Seek and ask for help. Seek and and, and find someone who is willing to disciple you, who's willing to be a mentor, who's willing to talk about faith with you. And if you can't find somebody, then come to me and I will help you find somebody. And if you're an owner in this community, then you might get an email from me saying, I need you to disciple somebody. Because that's your job as a follower of Christ to step up and to care for the next generation of Christ followers, to love on people. And if you're a follower, then guess what? You belong. And it doesn't really matter if this, is, if this is the best place for you right now. That is, a, that, is a, that is a question that you can answer. We want to help you answer that question. But right now, you belong. I want you to know that, that in this space, that we have to overcome the, the barriers of, of our social anxieties The barriers of, all right, how many seats are in between me and that other person? Is this okay? Do we have enough of our personal bubble? That space where, you know, you ever go out to dinner with somebody, you know, maybe, maybe even 10 people, and at some point, if you just stop what you're doing and you just sit back, you'll see everybody in these awkward silences pick up their phones, right? And everybody's staring at these tiny little screens, you know, and maybe taking a picture of their meal, you know? This is the best chicken alfredo I've ever had in my whole life. And, and and then we you know we post that on Facebook and we tag our friends and hey, we're all here at Carabas together, you know, and, and letting somehow all of those people out there who seem to be so terribly important, all of the people who are following us, the, that that we need to that we need to speak to, that we need to let them know that we're making memories, and then at the very same time we can be isolated with the very people that we're sitting next to. And all the while, in the sense of belonging, we have to look into their eyes and we have to say, you're real, and I want you, and I love you, and how's your meal? And how's your week going? And these arms, these arms are not just for me, for my own pleasure and to make me feel good and to do what I want in the world. These arms are your arms, and I'm going to wrap them around you, and I'm going to hug you, and I'm going to hold you, even if it's uncomfortable and awkward. (laughs) And I'm going to create that silence. Silence. With the soundtrack of life, can just keep whirling on in the background. But I'm going to sit quietly and let you know that my ears are wide open and they want to listen—not just to your mind, not just to your rant, but to your heart, and to hold you in a spiritual way that lets you know that you have more value than you ever knew existed. You belong. Those are the stories that have unfolded over the last 42 days, over the last almost 10 years of this community. But just in the last 42 days, uh, I've had people that have come up to me along the way and say, hey, you know what? It's just, it's just time for me to get my rear end in gear. Like, I belong. This is my home church. How can I serve? How can I get plugged in? Hey, I need to be in community, and I live way over here. Do you you think there's anybody over here that will that will participate in a growth group with me? I need to start one. Great, let's start one. I've had people come up to me and, and and ask all of these things. I need to I need to I need to be discipled. I need to be part. I I am the body, a part of the body of Christ, and I need to be useful. And as we look over the last 42 days, sometimes we can go, you know what? I feel just kind of like my spiritual body part in the, in the body of Christ is I'm an appendix. I'm useless, and sometimes I feel like I'm about to blow up and kill somebody. Maybe I just need to be removed. No, no, you, you belong. Some of you feel like you're just a pinky toe, you know, but guess what? You are, you are necessary for balance. Some of you feel like the, the last season of, of your life in, in the body of Christ is, is you're just kind of limping around. You're, you're just hamstrung. You can't, really, you can't really run. You're just caught up in your own pain. So so caught up in the circumstances and the situations of life. And, and I'll tell you, been there. I can tell you that. That I just turned 39 last month, and the, the 38th year of my life I can I can quantify as the loneliest year of my life. How is that possible? How is that possible that one of your spiritual leaders can can have the loneliest year of his life? How can I feel alone? How can I feel like I don't belong in the midst of belonging? And I can tell you that there are those seasons of life that you will go through that I have gone through where God just says, you know what? You're mine. (laughs) And I just wanna, I'm gonna separate you because I am a jealous God and I want you and you're just caught up in all this other stuff You're too caught up in the little league and being a soccer mom and you're too caught up in making all the right meals and you're too caught up in making him happy or her happy and you just need to focus in on me. You need to belong with me. I want you. These are the things that we have to wrestle with in our hearts and if we spend some time in community, we'll get those voices that'll that'll reflect back to us and say, oh, yeah, I've had those people in my life, like Pastor Mark. Say, Dan, this is, this is what's going on. This is, this is a piece of the puzzle. Here's one of the reasons why you feel alone. Yeah, that's, that's true. And guess what? I'm not in control of that, and I have no illusion of that. <laughs> I know it's completely out of my control. I can't do anything. I'm just going to be alone. But when I am alone with God... And I'll tell you, I've had nights in the last several months where I have found myself laying face down in my driveway, bawling like a baby. That's real. Okay? And God showed up right in those moments and picked me up and gave me strength that I needed because I belonged with him first. I didn't phone a friend. I didn't have a lifeline. I I called on God. God, I belong with you first. You are the answer to the question. And as we open up our, our Bibles today and look at 2 Peter chapter 1, the first 11 verses, I hope that we will spend a little bit of time in a diagnosis. You know, communion, we're going to have communion in the, the, the body and the, and the blood, you know, gluten-free Jesus this morning. As we break bread, you know, as we take the wine, the Welch's grape juice, you know, it, it's going to be a reminder. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. As we remember God, as we remember the Lord, there's a certain examination that goes with that. And so self-examination is a community project. It's It's also a personal project. But believe me, you lie to yourself. You lie to yourself and you believe what you want to believe. We all do. It's one of the biggest hurdles of humanity. It's one of the biggest battles in our heart. Jeremiah tells us that the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things who can know it. And he's talking about you. And he's talking about me. Our hearts lie to us all the time and we need to refine ourselves in the, in the truth of God's word. We need to refine ourselves in the, in the, within the body of Christ and have people breathe life in words of encouragement or even conviction if it comes with humility and love. In 2 Peter Chapter 1, Peter writes, This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. There's a good sign of spiritual leadership right there. If it's bathed in humility and the perspective is who they are in Christ. I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. He doesn't leave Jesus just in the realm of a a good teacher or a good person or a prophet. He says, no, he's, he's God and he's our Savior. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. you believe that? By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for a godly life. In the face of of financial deficit, do you believe that? In the the face of of emotional brokenness, do you believe that? In the the face of, of ADD and ADHD and being bipolar or being codependent or being trapped in your own sin, do you believe that God has given us everything we need for living a godly life, everything we need for life and godliness? Well, that's a question we have to answer. That's a question that doesn't leave shades of gray. You either believe it or you don't. He either has the answer or you should go find something else. These are the things that we have to wrestle with. We have all received, we have received all of this by coming to know him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These promises, these are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Whenever uh, somebody in the, in the Bible, a Greek writer, kind of in that time period, would talk about excellence, they're talking about all of the good things of God. Look at the excellence of God. Look at all the the beauty of God. Look at all the glory of God. Look at the the endlessness of of his love. How high and how wide and how deep and how nothing can separate us from it. Look at the the infinite mind of God, the infinite heart of God that loves unconditionally. Regardless of what you think you are, what you have done, what you might do, what you're contemplating doing, what you will do in the future, it is not going to be able to separate you from the love of God. Excellency. It's precious faith. It's precious expression where God says, I want you. He says, but what separates us is our desire. Desire really simply is is just what you look at. One of the things we we say a lot of times as followers of Christ is, well, you know, I I, I stumbled into sin. I, I fell into sin. No, you didn't. You walked dead into it. You were staring at it. The things that we desire are the things that we focus on, the things that we fix our eyes on. Nobody just woke up one day and said, oh, oh my gosh, what happened? I committed adultery. Nope, didn't happen. It was one step after another after another. You had a a second wife and a second life. You had had a, a work wife. You had a work husband. And you emotionally detached yourself from your spouse. And that's where the pattern started. And then it went to coffee and lunches. And then it went to God knows what. And these are the traps that we fall into because of what we focus our eyes on. 1 Samuel, you know, there's a story about David and David's standing up on the rooftop. He's a king, and, he, and he's surveying his kingdom. He's supposed to be somewhere else. He's supposed to be out with his men, fighting the battles and, and taking, taking names and, and, and being God's hand in the world, being in tune with, with the responsibility of governing and loving God's people. And yet he's, he's standing up on the rooftop, looking all around, and he sees Bathsheba. In the middle of the night, he's, he's staring at his screen and, 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 the, and the erotic pixels are jumping out at him, capturing his attem- attention and, and, and engaging him, longing to satiate his personal desires that are hungry on the inside. There, there she is, Bathsheba, ironically taking a bath. And he doesn't say, oh, whoops, that's that's another man's wife i need to i need to head on back downstairs no he he looks at her objectifies her to satisfy his own desires and then he calls for her sends his men to go and get her and then he takes her all because of just this one thing a look What what our eyes are fixed on, these, these human desires are the things that distract us. We don't think it's true. But then we start hunting for the next car or the next relationship, the next degree or the next award. And all the while, God's saying, I want you to belong with me. I want to give you the desires that I want to give you. I want to satisfy you from the inside out not from the outside in. He continues and says, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. In view of all of this, in view of, in view of the love of God, in view of, of the fact that God molded and shaped you in your mother's womb and said, very good, and I want relationship with you. In, in view of the fact that, that Jesus got off the throne of heaven and put on flesh and came and died a criminal's death, humbled himself completely as a man, kicked death's rear end, got up out of the grave and said, hey, what's up? I'm here because I want you, because I love you. In view of all of that, respond. Sometimes we just get really callous. Oh yeah, I know all that's true. Make every effort to respond to God's promises. This is work. This is discipline. Discipline okay? It's one thing for us to say God loves us and to, re- and, to, and to react to that in a moment. It's another thing to make that change what happens when I get out of bed in the morning. How I spend my money or how I spend my time. How I find my, my places of worth or how I de- define who I am and how I work in the world. And oftentimes we'll let our natural impulses guide and we'll say that that's normal and we'll say that that's true. And God says, I've got a design. Let me tell you who you are. I made you. So we have to do this discipline to to seek out his truth, to seek out his will, to make every effort to respond. And then these next verses, this is like, these are diagnostic verses. These are verses that as we read them, we, we should go, is this real in my life? Is this who I am? He says, supplement your faith with a generous provision. Of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self control and self control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. It's diagnostic. Moral excellence. Go into community, grab your your three closest friends and say, hey, tell me where I fall short of God's design. Tell me where I'm not morally excellent. I give you full license to tell me where I am a failure as a follower of Christ. Grab your friends, grab your closest get, closest people, get into a growth group and start talking about the knowledge of God. Challenge each other. Hey, you just said this. Where, where does that line up in the Bible? What verses do you have to, to base that? Because this is, these are some of the, the truths that I know and they seem to be in a little bit of a conflict with what you're saying and who, who you're saying God is. Let's refine each other. Otherwise, the, the temptation and, and, and the fact of what's going to happen is, is we're going to become short-sighted or blind. We get into groups, we, we, we look in our lives and we say, do I have patient endurance? Do I have brotherly affection? Do I have love for everyone? And oftentimes the answer is going to be no, so the next question is, how do I get there? But remember, remember, this is a discipline, this is, this is a response, this is, this is a supplement to belonging with God. This isn't a checklist, this isn't a pattern, this isn't a, a formula to, you know, 40 days to being a fully devoted follower of Christ, you know? Your best life now. No, this is not what's happening. This is a daily journey and a wrestling and a loving each other and God. He says, so dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you are really among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. That's a pretty bold statement. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We started out the the Pathways journey with just these questions of what, what did you pursue? What did you surrender we've got the the banner on the wall on the far end of the CGA over there. And as we get ready and prepare our hearts and do this self-examination, as we go to to a time of worship, musical worship and, and communion, it's a time to ask ourselves, all right, God, I need you to speak into my life. I need you to convict me, I need you to encourage me, I, I, I'm in a place of, of depression and I need you to, to, to lift me up. I'm in a place of joy and, and hope and peace and dreams, except the problem is that they're, they're all exempt of you. I need you to refine me, God, I need you to speak into my life, I need to get you to give me your purposes, your desires into my heart. I'm going to answer those questions. Find a, a word or a phrase that kind of describes what your, what your last 42 days have been on this Pathways journey. Pastor Mark wasn't able to be with us today. He's out living out outreach and being the tangible hand of Christ. And he made a little video for us this week to kind of walk us through um, a little bit of this scenario. So pay attention to the screen.
1: today but i wanted to let you know that i'm i'm praying for you guys and i'm excited about the the worship experience that our community is having today over the past 42 days we've gone on a journey pathways belong and at the beginning of this journey we asked you to be asking yourself two questions during the next 42 days what were you going to surrender to christ and the other question was What were you going to pursue for the cause of Christ? And in our time together, we have have learned about outreach and, and, and connecting in biblical community and discipleship and worship and service and all of these things. And we want to seal this time during communion today and ask you to stand up and walk over to the banner that we had out on the road and write down what did you pursue? What did you surrender for the cause of Christ as a a time just to to seal uh, in our community coming together as we belong to Jesus and one another?
0: Spend some time thinking about what your last 42 days has been, whether or not it was part of the Pathways journey or not. Maybe your answer, maybe your word is is community. Maybe your phrase is, I've been been asked to live outside my comfort zone. Maybe it's been a, a season of enlightenment, or maybe it's just been a season you would characterize in your relationship with God, just absent. Maybe you feel alone. Maybe, maybe you need to belong. As you think about that and as you, as you ask yourself these questions of communion, and, and communion is, is for followers of Christ, for those people that said, I'm going to follow Christ. He is my Lord, my Savior. He's the lover of my soul. I, I am all in. And you go to the table and you celebrate the, the broken bread, the broken body of Christ. You celebrate the, the grape juice, the, the blood of Christ that washes you 100% clean. It's not like hand sanitizer, 99.9%. And this is 100% washed clean. Amen? I mean, this is, this is good news. This is something that should stir up the joy of our salvation and provoke us so that we can respond to the love of God that says, I want you. And then the question becomes, well, what's your next step? Are you a seeker? Is your next step saying, all right, I'm going to be all in? I've been wrestling with this idea of God and this person of Jesus, and and now I just want to make a choice. I am going to become a follower of Christ. Is that your next step? Is that I'm going to proclaim publicly that I am a follower of Christ through baptism? Do you need to be baptized? Have you been baptized? Are you talking about that? Are you wrestling with that? Do you see it as something that's important? Maybe it's, your, maybe it's a question of your marriage. Are you investing in your marriage? Or are you just waiting, biding your time until it dies? Are you becoming uh, an amazing parent? Becoming the, the parent who, who parents like our God parents us? Or are you willing to stay in that place of, of frustration with your kids? Wanting them just to simply obey you, although you don't obey God's commands. What are you, what's your next step of faith? Is it in belonging? Is it in ownership? Is it, is it one of those things? Oh, maybe you've been at E3 for years, but you've never taken a stage class. Well, guess what? Step in. Sign up. Become an owner. Live the life. Own the vision. Maybe you need to mentor someone. Maybe you need to ask yourself the question, who am I discipling? Who am I saying Hey, follow me as I follow Christ. Who am I saying that to? What's your next step of faith? I'm just going to pray and ask God to, to speak to our hearts and minds and do his work of encouraging and speaking